I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Miles Kilbrew named to the Pro Bowl yesterday, as well as Najee Harris being named FedEx Ground Player of the Week. Steelers-Ravens, Saturday at 4.30. Mason Rudolph against Tyler Huntley at quarterback. For more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, back to the Cook and Joe Show. The Chris Oak Show, brought to you by McVeigh Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Trenchless Sewer Lining. The great Hokini, the Hokinator. <laughs> The last of the Hokinis, he's in. He's in right now, and, man, I feel proud to say that Hokie and I were maybe the only two people in town. That's right, me and Riding you. the Mason bandwagon uh, all on, these years. And Ron, too. I was there, all too. All of us. Where's the Mason train, you know, little clip here? You're we play. should have a Mason. You were, the, yeah. you were one of the only ones, maybe the only one, Hokie. So, totally as I the said, loudest. the loudest. The loudest. This isn't the Chris Hoke show today. It's the Chris Gloat show. Go no, ahead and gloat. I'm not going to gloat. Gloat away. Listen, that's not You've me. You've deserved here, here, here's it. You've earned it. Here's the reality. Was I, I, just, I was just telling everyone what I saw, right, and what I felt, and uh, and that's that's it. I mean, this is not about me up here gloating. It's it's exciting to watch the Steelers transform. Right, three weeks ago, we were writing them off. The Steelers culture in that locker room. Remember, we talked about this, and I said it's going to come back. Everybody's talking about how poor it was in that locker room and how things were just so bad, and Tomlin had to go. And now, look what happens in two weeks, two and a half, three weeks. Everybody's excited. Every, the, the opportunity maybe to go to the playoffs. The offense has put up 32 points a game over the last two weeks, doubled the output that was being put up. You know, before he got in the starting lineup, before that, three weeks before that, it was in 15s a game. I think 15-6, 15-9 a game they were averaging with Kenny Pickett. And now they're averaging 32 points in two games. Um, and so I just think it's exciting, right, the, the, the kind of yardage they're putting up. It, it's exciting to watch this offense. And it, it, is, it is contagious throughout the whole st- – you see the Steelers. There's a little pep in their step, right? There's a little more energy. There's a little more confidence. You hear the comments after the games. You see the body language out on the field. It's completely different what's taking place on the field and in that locker room. He is throwing the ball to George Pickens too, isn't he? It's not just that, though. He's throwing the ball to everybody, but George He's Pickens particularly. throwing it to George Because George Pickens. Pickens is the deep threat, and, and he's open. And, and here's the thing is he sits in the pocket. I watched the film again this morning. I think there was one time on a play on a, on a, a play that was called when he rolled out to his right and he kept the ball. Other than that, he sits in the pocket. And his best throws seem like when there's somebody in his face. The one, the pickings on the right side of the field, they were guys, chaos around Chaos around him. And he just stood in there and threw it. Two quarters before that, he hit, he hit pickings for that um, the big throw down the left sideline. And he stood in the pocket again, a guy in his face. And, and that's the difference, right? When you can sit in the pocket, you can see the whole field, right? And then you see how he goes through his progressions, Cookie, right? I mean, you watch, you watch his head. You watch his eyes. He's looking deep. He's looking deep. And all of a sudden, if something's not there, his eyes go to his check down. His eyes go to the guy underneath. And we talked a lot about this where Kenny always went to with a first read, right? And, and the narrative was, well, Mike just wants him to get the ball out, doesn't want him to make mistakes. What happened to that narrative now? Right, you're seeing a guy who can actually go through a, a progression one to two to three. To, here's my check down, and he's doing it like that and getting the ball out. And and so th- that's why you're seeing the difference in this offense. And the passing game is opening up the off the running game. Chris Hoke, two-time Super Bowl champion. Let me take you back to a little conversation that you had with our friend Pomp. <laughs> okay, our close friend Pomp. This was after the game on KDK, and you said everybody's dodging the question. You guys were talking about why the Steelers' offense looks so different. 
you said everybody's dodging the question. Who's the spark? What's the spark? It's Mason Rudolph. Nobody will say it. Bob said, why? Why wouldn't anybody say it? You said, because Kenny's the number one draft pick. Kenny's the starter all year. There are relationships there. Nobody wants to put it out there. No, I mean, listen, nobody you, wants you're to talking mouth. within the team. Yeah, nobody wants to badmouth Kenny, but everybody knows. It's it's if you're not seeing it, you're not paying attention. Why would it be badmouthing Kenny? What to is simply because, say it, because by, it's Mason. By associate by, by connection of when you go out there and you're saying Mason Rudolph is the reason, it's saying, Well, Kenny, you're saying that Kenny was deficient. Kenny wasn't good enough. And so nobody wants to come out and say, hey, Mason is the reason why we're – when it's completely I – mean, anybody that says that Mason Rudolph is not the spark, is not the reason of the production in the last two weeks, you're just not paying attention or, or you're blinded by drinking the, the, the Kool-Aid, if you will, right? Because the reality is is that Mason has come out and opened up this offense. You look at George Pickens three weeks ago – George Pickens, everybody was talking about trading him, getting out of here. It was Slim Pickens. It was, it was awful. Oh, do you the like that horse? horse? Okay. Do you like that? Austin, you like that? <laughs> Slim, Slim Pickens, Pickens. that was yeah. good. Pickens. But the reality is, is that it was awful. I mean, it was George Pickens was upset, Deontay Johnson. There was no effort out there. Now, guess what? You're seeing George Pickens blocking. Right? Or making a tackle. Or making a tackle. And, and he's got 300 and what, 326, he's 336 yards. 30 yards a catch. Yeah, but, but I'm saying that over two, two games. games, he's 30, 326 yards, 336 yards in two games. And, and, and Mason is delivering the ball down the field. Now, yeah, listen, when you can throw the ball deep, and they talked about this when you go out and you watch the, the, the television copy of the game. Even the even the broadcasters talk about this. They talk about how oh they bring an eighth man, a defender in the box to stop the run, but now he throws it deep. So now they got to go cover two. They got to go deep man. So it, it, it's it's really puts the defense in a tough position when you can throw the ball deep and throw it accurately because you don't want to give up the big play. You also were somewhat of a defender of Matt Canada, not totally, but somewhat. Do you think all the angst among the wide receivers and maybe Najee a little bit were directed as much at the quarterback as it was towards the offensive I think the overall offense. I don't know if I want to point out Kenny or, or Matt, but I, the reality was well, there was a report, uh, I think it was after the Browns game, where they That's were thinking Canada about – got fired. Yeah, they were thinking about benching Kenny, though, right? And that's the report we got from uh, – I don't – I'm not sure exactly was who it was. Tomlin was asked. Yeah, but there was a report that came out, too, from one of the insiders for the Steelers that said that, that they were thinking about – Benching Kenny, and they ended up firing Matt Canada. Right. So I think that there, you know, there were struggles there, and everybody wanted to point to. It's easy to point to Matt Canada because Matt Canada was the guy that nobody liked in Pittsburgh. Nobody liked nationally. It was easy for them to blame Matt Canada. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, you know, do we see other offenses that are more creative? Sure, but you're seeing right now with a guy who can throw the ball in, into good places and, and can stretch the defense and open up. The, the offense and actually create um, spaces and the defense, what, what they can do and they can put points on the board. Well, now the question is, can he keep it up? We've seen millions of quarterbacks in history. Sure. Guys this year, Jake Browning, Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, who did it for a couple weeks, but there was no lasting power. What leads you to believe, because I'm sure you believe this, that Mason has the lasting well, power. Well, listen, you hope he does, right? I mean, could could he falter? Sure he could. I think the guy, if you watch him on the field, he's super poised, right? He's calm. He's calm. I remember I saw one time in the game, the ball was th- snapped at his feet. He picked it up, not even flinching, just slowly and in, in, in rhythm, 
boom, hit hit an out route. And, and without even flinching, right? Just picked it up, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't have quick feet, didn't have butterflies, whatever, whatever the word is. I'm trying to think of the word right now. But he just boom, in rhythm, threw the ball out to the out and got a, got a first down. The guy is just seems like he's confident. Coach Tomlin talked about this, right? In his, a couple times in press conferences. The confidence, he believes in himself. He's got a good grasp of this offense. And the guy just is playing, and, and he's he's mature. He's mature, right? And you see the way he responds, the way he the way he talks to the media. I, I think that guy, he has everything it takes to be successful. Let's see if it keeps going. How much, How what would it take, first of all, next year, Pickett go in as the starter at camp because he's the number I, one I, draft choice? Who choices? knows? So many things well, I, can exactly. happen. Exactly. I, I mean, what would it take even this week? What, what if Mason throws two picks early on? Would he go back to Pickett? Um, maybe. Maybe he would. Who knows, right? I'm just but saying, think, what, but would reality, what would it take? What would it take? I, I think that you can't assume that Mason's not going to throw an interception. Quarterbacks throw interceptions. He's not thrown one yet. He has huh? not thrown yet. And, and he's really, and I don't want to jinx it, but he really hasn't thrown balls that have been interceptable, right? right. And, and so you look at this thing right now and say, okay, he's, gonna, he's bound to throw interceptions. Quarterbacks throw interceptions, especially with a, with a quarterback who throws the ball down the field. But it seems to me like things are going, and he'll be able to bounce back. He's strong enough-minded that I believe that he'll be able to, to respond and, and go down. What I love about what he does, too, which we didn't see, Cookie, earlier in the season, was when a team goes down and scores, what do the Steelers do? They come right back and respond. You see a team. You need to answer. You need to answer. And, and, and what happened was last week against the, against the Bengals, two weeks ago, first play of that, T. Higgins, boom, touchdown. What do they do? They march back down the field. This week, they go down and score the first drive of the second half. We, we weren't, weren't used to the Steelers doing anything responding. Usually the Steelers will come out and go three and out, put the defense right back on the field. What do they do? They march down the field, and a big boy run by Najee Harris for a touchdown. Right? That's, he's leading those, those drives that we have not seen early in the season. And this is not to come down and say that Kenny – and I, I try to be very clear on the postgame show with Pomp on KDK. This isn't saying that, that Kenny's a bad guy, he's a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is Mason's playing pretty dang good football. You're saying Mason's better. Better what? Very clear, a better quarterback. No, what I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. What I'm saying is Mason right now is playing better football. Yeah, you think Mason is a better quarterback, said, and you have all that's along. That's consistent with my message yes. for two years. I didn't start saying this when Kenny was struggling. No, you didn't. No, I you said didn't. this last no, training not. camp. I told Ron. And I got crushed I told- throughout Pittsburgh. <laughs> I got no. crushed. I mean, everybody, there was not one person that said that Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback coming out of camp last year. Nobody. I told Ron I looked out my window about a year ago on my street, and lo and behold, the Mason Rudolph bandwagon went by, yep. and there was one guy on it. It was you me. with your old 76 you remember, jersey. I remember having this conversation on the station you did. when you guys asked no me. No doubt. And I said, you kept asking me about Mason Rudolph. I said, guys, let's not talk about it anymore. Remember, I said this because that ship sailed. Remember I said that? You yeah. can go back and go to the archives. Yeah, yeah. That ship sailed. They're not going to consider Mason. And I don't think, I think Mason, I don't think Mike really wanted to put Mason in in the first place, but that's all they had left. And now look at him. He's playing well. So... We've spent a lot of the week speculating on Pickett. I have to ask you this. It seemed a tad bit curious that your first-round pick, your franchise quarterback, your alleged franchise quarterback, and your incumbent starter would be declared healthy two days before a game. Everybody knew he was trending toward being declared healthy. Takes the trip to Seattle 
and doesn't even dress as the emergency yeah, quarterback? It's curious. It, it makes what happened? Do you think? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Listen, I don't have the inside. Info. I don't think anybody does. Maybe one guy, but Will you knows? acknowledge that it's a very curious It situation? is curious. There's no question it's curious. Um, what it tells me is that he has not entrenched himself as the franchise quarterback. Because if he did, when he was declared healthy, listen, he was out there practicing. He was. He was practicing. Was he getting the first team reps? No. But he was practicing. He had, I think, he, you know, he's a professional. Everybody knows one, one great quality about Kenny is that he is a professional. He prepares. So he was prepared mentally to play in the game. But Mason had played so well, and they liked what he had done in that game and thought, we need this. And so that was the decision that was made. Now, how it all played out, I don't know. I don't know how it played out. You know, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? It's, it's all, it always is. But I don't know. I don't know what ended up happening and, and with, between him and Coach Tomlin and all those things. When you played, you played for Cower and Tomlin, right? Yeah. Was there any understanding that you couldn't lose your job because of injury? Was that a thing? Or did, was everybody no, in that well, listen, locker room aware that, hey, if I get hurt, somebody plays better, I could be out? Every situation is different, right? It's case by case. But in general, I think back, we talked about this a while back. Um, I'm trying to remember the situation, but I remember talking about it on the radio. Coach Tomlin's never been known to take someone out of their starting spot because of an injury. I don't know if I can think of anybody else where this has happened. He, he usually allows that person to come back, and it's merit-based, right? And, and so that's why, that's why to me, this is, a, this is an exception. This is different. But I, I've always felt with Coach Tomlin that it's always been about merit, that when guys get hurt, they come back and they get their job. And that's, that's been generally how it's worked with Coach Tomlin. Can I ask about the running backs? I'm ready to move on. All right. But you know what? In all honesty, you're to be commended for, for – Sticking with that opinion through thick and thin, and right now it looks like you were very, very right. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a confident guy, but there were, there were some times last year when I was. That's you why were I ridiculed. Said, no, I was, no cru- dude, dude, I, cru- no I was crushed because everybody in Pittsburgh, even the guys now that said they were saying it, they weren't saying it back in 2022 season. Except Joe and I were. Except yeah. you and Joe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there was nobody. I mean, honest. I mean, there was nobody. Go back and read the, the, right. the comments. Go back and read the, get the radio archives. There was nobody. Even the guys now that said they were saying it earlier in 23 and 22, nobody was saying it. Um, but I was pretty confident because I not only because of what I saw, but I had talked to people that knew that that there was a there was a feeling that you know Mason was pretty dang good. How about the way they ran the ball? I thought Najee had his best game Love as it. a pro. Warren gives you that every single game. How about that one-two punch? And 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 I thought it was very instructive that after the game, the first thing Tomlin mentioned was the offensive line. He said, we wrote the wave they created. They did a great job. And if you, if you, if you watch Broderick Jones block, I mean, they all blocked pretty well. Um, I think some blocked better than others. Broderick Jones had some serious um, pancakes. Couple oh, of throwing dudes were- down. I mean, he, he, was, he was playing with an attitude out there. It's great to see a young guy like that you know, do what he's doing out there. Cam said he had to settle him down a few times. Oh, that's, but that's what you want. You want Coach Tomlin right? always says, I'd rather say woe than sick him. You'd rather say to a guy like Broderick Jones, whoa, hey, listen, you know, chill out. You're about ready to get a penalty versus, hey, I need you to be a little more physical. I mean, I remember being a, being a young guy and Coach Cower come up and pull me aside, hey, I want to see if this guy's tough. Will you go at him and practice today? Mm. Right? You don't have to do that with Broderick Jones. You know he's tough. And you know he, he's probably the guy the coach is going to. But, you know, anyways. But what I'm saying is, is that um, the running backs, they were running hard. And it's fun to watch them because I think them getting – 
close to equal snaps, right? It's not always perfect, but it's competitive now, right? Najee doesn't want to be outdone by Jalen. Jalen doesn't want to be done by Najee, and it's a friendly competition. They're friends. They're close. They're going out there now, and this is made – think about this earlier in the season, guys. Najee wasn't hitting holes. Najee was, was – people were about ready to run him out here and make Jalen a starting running back. Look what a little bit of competition does. And, and, and look what this has done to give more rep snaps for Jalen. They're both rested in the game, and they complement each other so well. I mean, and the thing is, we talk about this cookie, is their physicality, the way they run the game. In this game, I, th- I think about Najee Harris. Najee Harris had, let me look at my notes here, 118 of his 122 yards were after contact. That's this last week against, in this game. Through the season, through the season, Najee has 923 yards in the season. 706 of those yards are after contact. Mm. Jalen Warren has 752 rushing yards. These are rushing yards. 519 after contact. That means that, that, means that Najee Harris, 76% of the time, he, his yards are coming after contact. Or, I'm sorry, 76% of his yards are after contact. And Jalen, 69%. That's pretty dang good. I thought they both ran. You know that that the first run, the touchdown, went 18 yards by Warren. It was awesome. Three cuts, you know, just spectacular. But that just shows you the difference in the running style. Because Najee doesn't Najee doesn't go left and then cut right and then cut right and, and right. Najee, if you watch him, he's like, I see that brick wall. I'm going to run through. He's it. looking for contact. He's looking for contact, and he'll make cuts. But really, his his mentality is, if I can get to that line of scrimmage without being slowed down to build momentum, you better watch out. And that's kind of how it's been for him. If you have to make, if you get him to stop and restart, he struggles. But when he's downhill and he can get to that first, almost second level without being touched, say goodnight. Yeah, I think he's top five in the league in just what you said, yards after contact, broken tackles, and 20-yard runs. Yeah, Top it's five. Fun, it's fun to watch, right? It's fun to watch that Steeler football right there. Before we move on, you mentioned Broderick Jones. We were talking about this. Uh, the team voted Joey Porter Rookie of the Year today. Made a case for Broderick Jones. Sure, sure. You, I think, you see the tape more than we yeah, do. Yeah, I Jones. think I think they. Both, I mean, uh, Porter's been good. I would say this whole draft is great, right? Right. right. Largely, um, you wouldn't have blinked if they'd have given it to Broderick. No, Jones, not right? at all. But I think Joey's played since day one. Right, not Joey's really. played the whole season. Uh, he played. He played sparingly. A little bit. He played sparingly. Bit. You know, he was playing more than Broderick, like and he's had impact on the games. But right. the running game. Turned around, and I wouldn't say it's all because of Broderick, but, but it, it turned around when Broderick took over the it starting It wasn't spot. just a coincidence. No, no. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good draft class, doesn't it? Maybe one of their best in yeah. many years. And we have, I don't think we've you scratched the surface on you – know, I think Darnell Washington will be going to be much better in the second season – when you know when they have a Benton full off season, Benton has been great. Benton right? County, Benton. I tell you what, I, I you know, in, you're not seeing it in the stat sheet, but if you watch the film, this guy, I, I, I think he's at the school of Cam Hayward. He's learning how to play with his hands. He's learning how to play a technique, pad level, good footwork. You know, playing on the line of the run game. When he's in there, they ha- they struggle to run the ball between the tackles, um, and he has a he has a great slap and rip to his right. You love guys with a great slap and rip, don't yeah, you, Yeah, I mean, Joe? listen, on pass rush. Huh? You, you love can that really slap get penetration. and rip. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you, when you get penetration in the middle, that slap and rip, you know, driving that in, that rip up to his How ear. was your slap and rip? Uh, it, it, his slap not, was better than his rip. Yeah, my slap was better than my rip. <laughs> the rip is important, though, because if you don't drive that rip, man, you get stuck, you get held, you, you won't get penetration. you got to drive that elbow right to your ear, and he does a good job of that. i got to ask Hokey a question here. Were your ears burning on uh, – 
uh, when did they play? Saturday? S- uh, sun- Sunday. Sunday. Saturday morning. I'm on the plane to Seattle. Who was sitting the next row up for me on the aisle? Mr. James Potsy Ferrier. No way. We were talking about you. And I, and I said, Hokey does this show. He goes, he my man. I love him. I love <laughs> Paw Hokey. Paw Dog's the best. He, we, uh, we apparently his son lives in Pittsburgh. So with his mother. Yeah. So Ferrier told me this, we, our flight was out like at 820 in the morning from Pittsburgh to Denver. He had taken the red eye with his son to Pittsburgh, got right back on the plane to Denver, and then was Whoa. going to L.A. That's big time. But we talked for a yeah, little bit, pot, pot and dog. he goes, I love Hokey. He, he goes, yeah. he's my man. Yeah, I love him. Listen, he was such a great teammate and such a great so leader. So smart, huh? So smart, but here's the thing about him. He led by example. That's the kind of guy – those are the kind of guys you need in the locker room. And I remember Coach, Coach Tomlin used to always say, you guys – you want to know how to do this? Watch, watch James Ferrier. Watch James Ferrier all the time, and that's kind of like, he didn't say much. He would speak he, at times. He always told me he was the last voice. Before he was the game. last voice before we went out in the locker Tomlin room. Tomlin spoke, and then he spoke. And then when it was goal line, he would always say, um, "Oh, well, something about don't you know messing in our in our you know whatever." But he he would always say something in the huddle, the same line before before you know goal line defense. What would he say before you go on the field? He said, "I was there. My voice was the last one." I'd have to one think. You're catching me off guard, but he was he was always the last voice there, and he was always the loud voice when the defensive and, uh, huddle call came in on goal. And line. I told him, I said, I always looked at you know Jerome as the offensive leader, and you as the defensive leader. And he goes, Jerome was the leader of everybody. Jer- Jerome was big time. He said, "Don't get it wrong. Jerome was the leader of yeah. everyone." I just, it's just, it, it's amazing the stories you hear about. Jerome. Well, there's no question. You think about it. When Jerome retired after the 05 season, right? Yeah, Super Bowl. We struggled in 06. Right. I think it was finding that leadership. And leadership's so important. It's something that, that we know that's that's critical, but it's hard to grasp and find the right combination. And when we were able to get other guys to step in there, I think you saw that in 07, we, we were able to take off again. But after Jerome left, it, it, it took a time for us to fill that I void. I reminded Ferrier, I said, remember when Hines held out that one year? And then he came in late in camp. And we all ask him, Hines, why did you come in now? He goes, Jerome told me to. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah, Jerome you, told, told me, me to. Too. Well, and Jerome, listen, he knew that if Jerome told you something, it was going to happen, right? So if Jerome could have given him some insurances, like, hey, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. They'll take right? care of you. And Jerome, because Jerome, listen, Jerome was a guy for everyone, right? He, he was he was close to the Roonies. He was close to the, the Cower. He was close to um, the players. And so – you could take it to the bank of Jerome Bezos and said, you come in, they'll take care of you. You knew he had some information, and you could believe it. Amazing. And he was a great player. I think James oh, Farrier is this far from having a Hall of Fame resume. I did a study on this one, Soki. Would you like to hear some of the results? I would. This I is would. pretty good. This is pretty good. How many players in history have double figures in every one of these categories? First of all, he had, he had what, 1,500 tackles. Interceptions, double figures, 11 in his career for an inside linebacker. Forced fumbles, 18. Fumble recoveries, 12. Sacks, 35. Already you've you've yeah. shrunk in the pool to somebody who has double figures in all of those, not to mention 98 tackles for loss, 50 quarterback hits. And I feel like if he had won the player, the defensive player of the year in 04. That was the year I was starting. Then we would really have a case. Yeah. Guess who beat him out by four measly votes? I can't remember. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Four votes. Four votes. He, I remember he was runner-up. He had a spectacular year of the year. Listen, he's an all-around great guy and great player. And, and, and you look at this. He was overshadowed 
And it's funny to say that a guy like that could be overshadowed by so many other right. big-time players. Troy. Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, right? Right. And so many other guys. I mean, so, there were so many great players on that defense that were selfless. You and know, one other did it, and who, he, was, he was number one. Who else he raved about was your man, Ham. Oh, man. He goes, he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. That's yeah. what he said about oh, listen, Not only a Hall of Fame player, but a Hall of Fame guy. You know I, I told him, and I, I reminded him, I said, I remember walking <laughs> into that cafeteria for breakfast when you guys were having breakfast. There'd be white guys, black guys, offensive guys, defensive guys, and the one guy in the middle holding court Him. was Kent Casey no with that big smile. Oh, that, yeah. Just yeah. beaming. He would hold – and Troy would be sitting there listening to him. You know, whoever would be sitting there, over here listening to him there, and laughing yeah, their ass they off. Were, right? there, were, there were a few guys, Hamp, one of them, that was a guy for everyone, right, that everyone just gravitated to, um, and, and, and everybody loved him. We talked about the story him. about him going – when he went to the White House and Bush pushed oh, the side, aside, pushed aside Dan went right Rooney to him. and went well, right to Well, the funny thing was, though, leading up to that, he said in he off season, you guys he kept that. telling all of us that, and everybody's like, whatever, Hamp. You know, Pop was one of the, Pop Dog was one of the ones saying, whatever, Hamp. You know, playfully, right? Yeah. And and Hamp said, all right, you guys will see. And we show up at the, at the White House, and sure enough, I mean, I covered George that. Bush went right to Hamp. I covered that, and, and Casey just beams. He said, yeah. we worked out together yeah, at, at Texas. Texas. Yeah, <laughs> What a great, I mean, great, great player. What a great story, Joe. Casey Hampton. One of the best. One of the best. Trying to th- oh, how about uh Tomlin's first year when he <laughs> he wouldn't what is it that he wouldn't do the the no, run no, test no, or he that, couldn't no, do the run test? He got put on the pup list. Yeah, and I, I'm the one that got the got the raw raw side. Yeah. I had I had to take first team and second team snaps. We that talked camp, to Casey. Right? <laughs> we talked to Casey after you know, it was a little bit of an insult to him. Well Casey Casey play. was a little put off. There's no question. No, but he didn't react put up. No, he, we didn't, but, but when he came to my 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 dorm room a couple times, he wasn't real happy. Because we asked him, and I'll never forget the look on his face at beaming again. You know, Casey, how long do you expect to be on the pup list? He goes, hopefully till the end of training yeah, but camp. That, but, he, but, he, but he said that, but he didn't mean that. I mean, but he said, thing. I'll be ready for opening day. There's no and question. damn, he There's was no ready question. for opening he day. Didn't, he, he just didn't want – a couple times he felt like he was being disrespected, What I mean, where, wherever it was coming from, just globally. Um, but, you That's know, the reality point. was he just didn't come in the shape that he wanted to – he should have come in. And so he was put on that pup list. But let me tell you right now – he came back and he played the monster. I mean, you, 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 you did get it. the worst. Of I that. got the brunt of it all because I had to take every single doggone snap, first team, second <laughs> in team, that heat. in that heat. And then he comes back and he rolls right into that starting spot where he should have been. Um, and <laughs> then I was able to fall back where I was. That's beautiful. Great stuff. Coming up, let's break down this ball game. It's the Steelers varsity against the Ravens. JV, what's going to wow. happen here? What does Hokey think will happen here and also around the league? Let's look at some of the other games. That factor into this. Plus, we'll take a little look back at some of the key plays in Seattle. Chris Hoke, two-time Super Bowl champion, captain of the Mason Rudolph fan club for good reason. Wow. He's are, you, here. are you part of that fan club now, too? I'm getting there. Yeah, I, have a, I filled out an application. I think I actually have to interview with you, it <laughs> says. I, 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 hey, you're accepted. All right, I'm in. Uh, brought to you by McVeigh Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Trenchless Sewer Line. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. 
I always laugh, Joe, about the bandwagon when people say, hey, you're not with us. We don't want you on the bandwagon. That is crazy. You want the bandwagon to overflow, right, Hokey? Don't you want the bandwagon to overflow? Completely overflow. Completely. I I hate to. We didn't want you. You're not with us all along. Bull. Jump on the wagon. They were chanting for Mason Rudolph. If you, I did not have that on the old bingo card. Against Cincinnati, extra stadium. I was there when they started saying Mason Rudolph, and I thought, what has happened here? What has happened? And I love Mason's reaction. He goes, I've been on the other side of that too. (laughs) Yeah, and he said, remember when they said when they called him out and they 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 said some things about him? He said, I would have done the same thing. Right. All right, I want to talk about Mr. Ruder Plumbing, my favorite plumbing company. I've said all along, I think it's Pittsburgh's best. Plumbing, uh, plumbing company. Hokey likes Mason at a quarterback. I like Mr. Rooter Plumbing. One of the techniques that they're so good at is trenchless pipelining. You always hear me say they have the best trucks, best equipment, best techs on the road. Well, one of their specialties is trenchless pipelining. What that means, back in my day growing up on Clearview Street, Chippewa Township, Beaver Falls, if you had a fractured sewer line, uh, they'd have to dig up your, your yard and driveway to fix it. Now with the techniques that Mr. Rooter Plumbing has, they can do it efficiently and at a much cheaper price. Who doesn't like efficient and cheap? Cheaper. Mr. Rooter Plumbing, right down the phone number, 412-Rooter2, 412-Rooter2. Check out the website. It's a really good one, MrRooterPittsburgh.com. Uh, going on 21 years in this market, Bob Beal, my friend, has built a plumbing company empire. The number one more time, 412-Rooter2. I say this without any hesitation. Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Rooter Plumbing. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Jeff Capel showed tonight at 6 o'clock. Conversation with the Pitt men's basketball coaches, the Panthers. Prepare for Louisville on Saturday at noon. Our coverage on the fan of the game begins at 1130. For more, go to 937thefan.com. All right, Hokey. We have Chris Hokey in studio here. Dr. Hokenstein. Hokenstein. Some call him that, yes. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Man, the Steelers got a gigantic break here. Now, they they got one in 19 when Lamar didn't play two. But I don't see any other way to look at it. The, yeah. the, 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 the likely MVP of the league, plus I would wager to say one of the best safeties in football, one or two of the best inside linebackers, a really good guard in Zeitler. They're going have, against have the Ravens. Have we heard, though, JV other than team. Lamar Jackson, have we heard anybody else not no, playing? No, but, the, but the this injury, guy's injured already. Guys, yeah, our injured. injuries. There was a long laundry list of guys that did not practice or were right. limited in practice. Right, we haven't heard officially. So we'll see. But we also know that Harbaugh just does not like the idea of having two weeks off, right? Well, now it's he's rest to or rust. Yeah, I mean, so you just don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's out. But Tyler Huntley was 1-1 one one against the Steelers last year. Played decent. Right, um, and it's it's well documented that Lamar Jackson he has struggled against the Steelers. I think his average qu- quarterback rating is a ninety eight against the Steelers at sixty six. He's only beat the Steelers once, and that, that that was that was when Mason got knocked out of the game and Duck took over. Remember that? Yeah. So really, if you look at this thing, is it that bad to not have Lamar Jackson starting in this game? I mean, is it going to make a difference? I don't know. But the reality is this, guys. I've watched the film. He's throwing the deep deep ball better than I've ever seen him throw the deep ball. He, he's got so many weapons right now, and he's throwing it on the money. Even without Mark Andrews. Even without Mark Andrews. Um, likely stood up, stood up, number 80, and he's playing good football. But Zay Flowers is playing good. Odell Beckham Jr. is a much better ball player than he was when the Steelers saw them back early in the season. He's, I mean, he's a deep threat now. Aguilar, you got um, Bateman, you got so many guys that are that are that that he can throw to. I saw in, the, in this game, I was watching their um, – 
this morning, actually, early this morning, I watched their game last week against the Dolphins. And that opening drive, I want to say that two or three times they got in a big play first downs and they were called back. And they still converted on a third and 16 on a little dump. Um, they got some weapons. What uh, I mean, the Steelers obviously got to be motivated going in there. Do you like how they match up um, against them generally? And they've won what seven out of eight against Baltimore, six out of seven. Yeah, seven it's, out it's of always eight. been a good matchup for the Steelers against the Ravens. Um, and That's because so, Harbaugh sometimes does crazy things. He does do crazy things, kind of like your boy Dan Campbell, right? Yeah, how about that? He does some crazy things, but uh, Harbaugh likes to do things, and he thinks that you'll catch off guard, and he has. Um, but I, I think the Steelers have as good as opportunity to go in there and win this game as anyone, probably better than anybody. I mean, think about the last two weeks, though. They've blown out two of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, the Niners game was 33-19, but really, when I watched it, it wasn't as close as that score shows, right? When, and then Dolphins Miami. game, absolutely. Not, up, in, up through the first quarter, the Dolphins were playing well. It was a, it was a, it was a you know, blow-for-blow blow game, and all of a sudden the Ravens just blew the top off the game. And it blew him out. Quick aside here. You brought up Kneecap Campbell, one of our yeah. favorites, Dan Campbell. So this controversy the other day, it seemed like the Lions wanted to send a bunch of guys toward the official with only one of them declaring eligible, and it would it, it was going to be a different guy than the one who normally does that for them with their offensive line. Did they get a little bit too tricky with that, or do you put the blame on the officials? The main official got got it wrong. Well, I'll tell you that the video that shows um, the offensive lineman, what's his name? Um, we don't follow him a lot. So one of the offensive linemen went to him, and he was the one that was declared that he said he didn't report. But on the video afterwards, it shows that he went to the ref. But here's the thing. Dan Campbell even came out and said that they were trying to create some chaos. They were trying to create some indecision. How does that work with you guys on defense? Is someone paying – they have to be paying close attention to, hey, well, 78 not, not so, not so is eligible. Me. Not so much me. I just look at the lineman. Okay, is there an extra lineman? In, I, I hear an extra lineman in because I hear the personnel. So I know there's an extra lineman in, in, in the huddle. Then I look for do I need to bump, do I need to slide to that extra lineman so we're not out leveraged. Right, I don't look so much at the eligibles because I'm not. I'm. I'm just worried. But somebody about is right. The linebackers and safeties, absolutely, and the corners, like the the back end guys, they've got to know who those guys are, and they and they go through that. I just haven't gone through that because I, I don't want to worry. And about they're it. listening. The way that they get that is to listen to the announcement from the from the ref, correct? Well, no, they they, they hear that, but really they hear they get the personnel and the headset. They get the call. Right, and we get the when we get the we get the personnel on the sideline too. Right, the the coach. There's one coach that's designated to give the signal for the personnel. What types of players they have on the field? Is it two back, two tight end, one receiver? Is it one back, two tight end, two whatever it is? Right. Um, we need to understand what the personnel is, and they'll give a signal that will alert everyone that there's an extra lineman in the field, and you do hear it. But that's the way that it comes in from the sideline. Uh, Joe, I got unfortunate news for you. I don't think Hokey thinks they're going to get any help. On the outside, if they happen to win this game, you said you're down on Jacksonville. Well, I think Jacksonville, Tennessee. I think Tennessee struggles. On Tennessee, has what they lost seven in a row. They're, no, they're two they, seven. Beat, they beat the Dolphins in Miami. I might add, but they're two. They've they've okay, they've lost seven of the last nine games or something. I like know, that. but there's a story behind the story. Twenty-seven the game. They're going to win the game twenty-seven-seven for the following reasons. They're very good at home. They're four and four at home only. But two of those games were overtime defeats. Derrick Henry's playing his final <laughs> game as a Tennessee Titan. He's still very capable. He's still very good. Mike Vrabel once said he would give over his private parts to win a Super Bowl. So I'm thinking he would at least give a kneecap well, for to win all this those one. reasons. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll buy. I'll take your story. And the Jaguars stink. Well, listen, and, and the, but last week, you know, of course, they played a really bad Panthers team, right? Yeah. But I think right now, they're better than they're, they don't stink. I think Bethard come out. Bethard last They've week. They've fallen apart. No, but listen, Bethard last week came out and he played pretty decent. What do you, I have a against Carolina? He's three and ten in his career. Seventeen for twenty-four. But I'm not arguing yards. with you about quarterbacks anymore. Listen. No, not after the Mason Rudolph thing. I have no ground to stand on. I don't think he stinks. I think he's as good as most backups in the league right now. I mean, a lot of backups, you know, that are that are playing. Um, I just think that overall, ATN's a great running back. He's better right now at this point in his career, younger than Derrick Henry. I think they have a better last week when they went in the in the, in the Carolina. They really relied on Travis ATN. He had a hundred over hundred yards rushing. So receiving too, was and big. receiving. He, well, he's he's one of the best out of the backfield in receiving the ball. And so I just look at this. I look at. I think that the Jags are going to go in there and they're going to win that game. And I think that Buffalo. I know I heard you earlier in the week talking, and you th- Buffalo's barely won some of these games, but they have won. I'm biased um, because success, I've lived four through, games in a row. I've lived lot, through all the heartache yeah. with the Bills, and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, again. but you know, you're it, talking it could, logic. But there's a lot of injuries with Miami right now. A lot of injuries. I mean. Yeah, Jalen Waddle might not play. Um, Tariq Hill might not play. Um, and if he plays, he's not going to be healthy, right? You, they lost Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Tua got pulled. And, and was he banged up? Because he, that, that why he got pulled. There's a lot of question marks there. The Dolphins are. I don't think they're as good as their record shows. They're the only team I think in the at least this year who's. Scored 55 points in a game and given up 55 points in a game. I mean, they have the number one offense in the NFL, but then they, they're like a, a like a doggone dam that's wide open. I hope you're defense. right about that one. The Bills deserve it, don't they? The city I, I of think Buffalo? so. But, but so let's, let's say let's say a scenario where the Bills go in and win, mm-hmm. so they win the division. Mm-hmm. The Jags go in and they lose. Right, and so Who Tennessee loses? beats the Jags. Tennessee beats the Jags. Okay, yeah. So the Steelers get in, and Steelers yeah. win, and they get in. Do the Steelers go to Buffalo? Buffalo, I just saw it on TV. If Buffalo wins, they get the number two seed. Yeah, because that means they the beat Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So would, we, would the Steelers get the number seven? So that means we'd go to Buffalo. Not, go to Buffalo. Very literally. And I want to invite you right here. Ron and I are going to go to Buffalo. We're going to ask the boss. I'm going to put him up for a night. And the next day, we're going to do a show in Buffalo. What if we had you on the show in Buffalo that week? Will you Ooh. come with us? Well, let's talk about it. You know, but you're, you're you going like to treat me like you treated your, your what's his name? Folsey. Folsey. Well, you were supposed to go to Notre Dame and you bailed out yeah, on him. Yeah, he did. He you, bailed out on me. That's not, that's no, not how the story goes. I think you goes. did it first, I think. Wait, I had another question about that. Bills, tight. Oh, did you know the Steelers can get in? If they not, lose. If they lose. Yeah. Well, not well, that unrealistically. The only thing, nobody's going to tie, right? right? The chance of tying is slim to none. The Jags lose and the Broncos win. What do you think of that game? I think that that can that that's a Broncos Raiders. I listen the Broncos right. Stidham yeah. didn't Stidham didn't play bad last week at again, the Raiders. At the Raiders, Stidham didn't play bad last week. Um, again, I, I look at the stats and I look at the Raiders. The thing about them is they're going to play hard. Antonio Pierce is going to have those guys coming out, and they're going to be slobbering at the mouth. They're now I can't remember what needs to happen. The Raiders would need to win. Right? Raiders, Raiders would need to lose. Lose. Broncos Denver, have to Denver win. would need to win. Yes. Denver needs and, to win. And the Raiders, I mean, they're playing. They're, they're playing. They're going to be playing inspired football because I think they love Antonio Pierce. I think yep. they like the way he coaches. I think they like, and so they're going to come out because they want to win the job for him. So there's there's a lot on the line there for the Raiders right now. It's interesting. It's interesting. I I don't know. I. I'm not assuming the Steelers are going to win in Baltimore. 
Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. It's tough to win in Baltimore, even though the Steelers have won what seven of the last eight. I think you said six, seven, six of seven or seven of eight. I don't yeah, know. it's um, the reality is, and I think that listen, Lamar Jackson not playing is is I don't know if it's as big of a deal as people are making it out. Now, if he would if he was not playing against the Browns or the Bengals or other, I think he's only lost one game against the NFC. Uh, the reality is him against the Steelers is below the line. So I don't know if Tyler, him being out is that big of a deal. Are they, Here's, still, they still the team to beat in the AFC Baltimore? There's no you question. Say, you know, there's I mean, no question. Even with a three week layoff for Lamar, how, how do you get three well, weeks? He won't play this week is one. Then their bye week is two, and then he doesn't play until the next round. So he'll he oh, won't so, okay, take I a snap for saying. three weeks. Yeah, two weeks off, three weeks. I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm looking at two weeks off. No, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think that's the scenario that, that Harbaugh wants. I think Harbaugh, if he had his brothers, he, he would, you know, if he can get through, no, he can get through that first week, he'd play the first week. If he knew that he was going to win, for sure. Because the momentum, right? It's either rest right. or rust. And I and, and he's a grinder. I mean, he's old school kind of coach, right? I mean, how about this? There's no secret why Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh are both where they're at right now. They're grinders. Let you me know. ask you this, Hokey. Yeah. As an aside, actually, it's an important topic. Cam Hayward, up around 35 now. He tells, uh, according to Ray Fittipaldo, reporters, first and foremost, I have to see how my body feels talking about next season. It's been a rough season. Now, he's got 16 million reasons to come back for one more. What do you think happens here as far as one more? new? And if he does come back for one more, they're going to have to – sign him just to get the cap hit over a number of Joe, years. Joe, he's yeah. never talked like that before. I know. Never. No, it was always no. automatic. I'll this, be back. This year's worn him down. I mean, that that groin and going through that surgery right after this, after the camp um, and then going through that and then playing through that. It's been, it's been a long season, right? And it's been tough getting in shape because you couldn't run and it's hard to run and stay in shape. And so, you know, he's grinded. He, has, he hasn't said anything. He hasn't complained. He's gone out there and just done his job. Um, I don't think he's produced like he's wanted to this year. Um, I would think that Cam would want to come back and try to have one more year where he's healthy and he can finish up on, uh, playing at a level that he can play. Listen, Cam's a tireless worker. The guy's going to be in shape next year, barring any kind of injury. I think he could come back and, and play well at what cost. Would the Steelers say, hey, we'd love to have you back, but we're going to need you to take a pay cut? And I think Cam, you know, I'm not going to speak for Cam, but Cam's a, a, a team guy and he gets it. Cam gets it. He understands the game. So I think that that would have legs. I think it's been reported that, that if he, they would have him back if he took a pick. I think that was reported by Dulac. Mm. And so I think that would have some legs. I've Cam, never heard him talk like that, though. No. Where I'm, it's, there's, he leaves some doubt. Yeah. He's never left doubt before. Yeah. No, well, there's not, he's never been in this position before, Cookie. Right. He's never been here before. Never I mean, been 35 35, before. and you don't recover as fast. And listen, the reality is you never tell people until after you're done – you start to see it when you, as you get older. I saw it. Other guys say, I talked to guys that I played with. When you get into that 34, 35, maybe even a little younger, 33, you start to see your reaction time, your ability to play slow down a little bit. And then we talk about that. DBs lose a step. So you start to rely more on the it's mental part of the game. more knowledge than physical. Yeah, and, and I think Cam's starting to see that, that, tran- that transition. But he's still playing. In the run game, uh, there's nobody. I would, I would take him over anybody in terms of playing in the run game right now. One last Mason Rudolph question before we get to your prediction. If you were him and the money was roughly equal out there, would you – Mason. There's a, Mace, did I say Mason? No, I, I'm sorry. I, I missed um, it. Um, 
Would you come back here? Because there's a school of thought that Mason has been mistreated here. He's been disrespected. He's never really been given a fair chance since that Miles Garrett incident. If you were him. Which are all true. If you were advising him and he could get equal money somewhere else or even a little better money, would you would you advise him to come back here or leave? It all depends on what where the situation is, what team, what's the stability in that situation, right? Would I send him to somewhere where – you know, the coach is about ready to get turned over because if you turn over head coach, you're, you're gone, right? So you got to go somewhere where there's some stability. Um, so it, it, it's case by case. It's team by team. But what I would say is I think that he would think long hard about coming back here if there were promises that were given to him and assurances of competition and all those things. And, and, and also I, I think that he would need to go out there and test what's out there too, not just sign right away. I think you got to test and see what the opportunities are, what doors will be open. Right, I think he, I, I think just on two games now, unless he stinks Saturday, somebody's going to offer him. He's a job. valuable this cookie because if he's not the starter, you know from experience and from history that he's a professional. I mean, how many guys would have responded and and behaved the way that he's behaved over the last couple of years without you know everybody knows he didn't get a fair shake last camp, and and him to play go through the whole whole last season last year not getting a snap in a game. And, and and being the third guy for the whole season, and then this year how things have gone, um, to not say a word, just be a, just be a team. I would team advise player. him to come back here for these reasons. One, the main one is if you want to be a starter, there aren't many situations in the NFL where the a lot where, where, the, where the starter looks more vulnerable than Kenny Pickett. Sure, sure, that's a good point. So if you're willing to come back here, you have to know if you're Mason. I got a shot here because the guy in front of me is not. Maybe he's thinking it's not that good. Yeah. Oh, the guy in front of him or the guy I'm going to compete with. I, I, I think that for Mason to come back, I'm just – this is speculation. But I think in my mind, if I was him, I would say I, I have to know that I have a fair and legitimate right. opportunity right. to compete for the job. And do you believe Tomlin if he tells you you do? Because Tomlin said there was a fair competition two years ago in camp, and it was decided before they even went to camp how it was going to play out. Sure. For right. all his strengths – there have been some severe communication issues with Tomlin and certain players that have led to players quitting. LeGarrette Blunt was one. James Harrison, late stage, was another. Melvin Ingram was another. And I would argue that Mason, I, I think if you injected Mason with truth serum and said, have the Steelers been entirely truthful with you since you got here? He would say emphatically no. I, I think there. I, I think that that's one thing that Mike can. I think he would say he could improve on too, right? Is, is that communication to those players? I, you know, and and there's always things that he's really strong at, and, and leaders are really strong at. And there's some things that they can improve on. I think that that communication with players as they're on their way out the door could probably a lot of coaches could improve on. All right, Chris, they going to win in Baltimore, and are they going to make the playoffs? I think that they are going to go to Baltimore, and they're going to win but they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm. I think that, like I said earlier, I think Buffalo's going to go into Miami. Yeah, listen, this is my projection. They're going to go down and win on Sunday night. But what suspense? They're going to win on Saturday night, my projection, and then we're going to have to sit around and wait till Sunday evening Yeah, see what happens. What a weekend of football. I think that the Tennessee Titans are a pretty good home team. They're four and four. Twenty-seven to seven, he says. They're four and four at home, and every game they've played at home has been a one-score game. Including, yeah, but they don't. They, against they the got Ravens. a lot of injuries. O line. Like, the Vrabel said this. Their O line stinks. Nineteen sacks the last three weeks. Yeah, their O line. Nineteen sacks. Yeah, I mean, no, and you, you get quarterback. Who, who are they going to play at quarterback? 
right? I mean, because they're going to get banged. Either, yeah. either. Tannehill's well, Levis, been, Levis been okay. Has, Levis hasn't played. Levis, Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry just hasn't. The offensive line just not where. When I think of Tennessee Titans, I think of a dominant offensive line. They're just not there, and that's the reason why they're struggling. I know this much. Not long ago, they went into Miami and beat the Dolphins, and then they lost two overtime home games to Houston and the Colts. Overtime. But yeah, but not telling them. This is going to be a ball they game. Went into You'll Miami, agree with they that. Had, they had, they've had some injuries since then. They have. You'll agree it's going to be a close game. I, I think all these games are going to be close. I think it's going to be an exciting At least weekend. I got them to agree to that much, Ron. <laughs> they all laughed at me two years Wait, ago. You, you, but you said 27-7. That's not close. No, I don't think it's going to be a close game, but you'll acknowledge at least that it'll be a close I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close all weekend. Now go ahead, Joe. Tell us what you predicted two years ago. They all laughed at me, Hokey. 15-and-a-half-point underdog Jacksonville went to Indy and, and won. won, allowing yeah. the poor little Steelers who need help every year to get into the playoffs that year. He yeah. predicted it. He did. You may be right. You may yeah, be crazy. Yeah. You're the one who's Ask right him how he did in our weekly pool, our weekly pick. How did you do in the weekly picks? I'm only down by nine, and I plan to come back this week and beat Ron in the playoffs again. <laughs> Consider there's only eight games left. He'd have to get them all right. <laughs> and you like Vrabel, right? Don't you like Vrabel? I like Vrabel. You love I like, Vrabel. I like Vrabel. Vrabel kind of is in the same bucket as, like, Dan Campbell. Just intense. Guy's guy, man. They ain't running for the bus in this one, no. Hokey. They're going to they're gonna try to bust through that front door. There's no question about it. He'll have them ready to play. It's, I, I just think the Jags, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will end up playing. He was practicing yesterday. He didn't throw the ball when the media was there, but he practiced yesterday. I think that if he plays. Then he's going to accept his MDP award, most disappointing player in the NFL. <laughs> he does. Well, doesn't he have the most turnovers in the NFL since well, in the last two years? Yes. He's outdoing Crazy. Josh Allen, which isn't easy to do in that yeah. category. And those are two guys considered two elite quarterbacks are considered. I, uh, I've uh, asked for a commitment from Dr. Hokenstein. Yes. That even if they are eliminated. Well, you're going to call me out on, on live air. That they're eliminated, that he comes in next week yeah. for a season wrap-up. I'm serious about the Buffalo trip, too. It's okay. three and a half hours, Hokey. It's, it's an close. afternoon. It's close. We can go to Buffalo and be home in time for dinner. Ooh. We can all do the show together. Me, you, when, Ron. When, what day? Monday? Let's say the game's on a Saturday. Steelers in Buffalo. You and I and Ron would go on a Thursday night. I would consider on a point. Saturday. Sunday, I wouldn't consider it. Okay. We'd go in on a Thursday night. I put you guys up. I know people in Buffalo. Yeah. The next day, we have chicken wings that night. I we, love we chicken wings. Well, now, now you got me. We go to now the you Anchor Bar. I like we, chicken we wings. We have nice social time together. Yeah. Then the next day, we wake up. We do the show. You're home by dinner. You're yeah. home before I'm dinner. A, my wife's going to be out of town next week. She's going out to Utah, so I got I, I to gotta make sure that I Ron, hold down the fort. But this I'll, could happen. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. What needs it, to happen for that to happen? Steelers, I'm very have, Steelers have, have to, to win, win and Buffalo has to win. Jacksonville has to lose. lose. Buffalo wins, they win the division, and they and get a home get game. To, yeah, all that has to happen is, is the Steelers and Buffalo need to win. No, yeah. because if Jacksonville wins and Buffalo wins, the Steelers are out, right? No, Steelers are in if Buffalo no, Wait, what the no. hell am I talking about? If Buffalo about? loses, I know Miami. And, right. and Jack, yes, and Jacksonville has to Miami lose. Miami has to win, for, right? And if Buffalo wins, then Jacksonville has to lose. As long as three other teams don't tie. Stark, you're usually like on top of all this stuff. I know. Man, I, there's I, so I, much I, confusion I, right ask now. Ask what time it is things. in Chicago right now. <laughs> don't ask me that. Ask him what time it is in the Central Time Zone. He can't. I have he a horrible can't figure that out. block with that. Yeah. It's yeah. noon here. That means it's eleven in Chicago. No, it's not one o'clock. It's eleven o'clock there. One o'clock somewhere in the in the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my! God. You ever been to Tokyo? Never been to Tokyo. I love going to Europe though. When I went to Tokyo to cover the Penguins, it was like two days later, and I was calling really? my parents saying, "Hi, it's yeah. Thursday. How's you, Tuesday?" Treat you gotta me? understand when you go to the left, 
it goes down. When you go to the right, so like I said, 1 o'clock right now, somewhere in the Atlantic. Would you take a trip to the moon? One of these 20-minute no. trips they have? No, because I'd be so worried about the thing blowing up on the way up. So would I. Would you, Ron? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Do they serve peanuts on those things? Okay. Peanuts, and, yeah, and they come around. And they, snack they, give, mix, they also give a drink. They have a drink list, too, and they come around with drinks. Those little cinnamon graham crackers they serve, yeah, Ron? Like, Do they serve those on the way? Biscottis. Yeah. Biscottis. Yeah. They have these trips now. You're well aware of that. No, they do. That. They it's cost a lot of money. Planets. They cost you know a lot of money to go on 50, these trips. Fifty thousand to get to Uranus. Did you hear about that one? I didn't hear about that one. Ron, have you been there? <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, Okie, thank you, Chris. We'll see you next week, one way or the other, <laughs> win or lose. Okay, I think this Buffalo thing's going to happen. Season on or not, we'll see you next. And Thursday. you're serious, aren't you? Because we could take it's a very quick trip, a nice dinner, and then you're back the next day. I tell you day. what, if we win this game on Saturday, I, 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 in two days, the Steelers got a shot to win that first playoff game. They sure whoever do. Whoever it is. In Buffalo? Hell yes. Or Miami. Streak to or hot. Miami. Yeah. Thank you, Hokey. Thank See you. See you, Dr. Hokenstein. Thank you, you as Any always. New Year's resolutions, Hokey? Um, spend some more time with you. Aww. Isn't that nice, Ron? You know my New Year's resolution I make every year? Mm. To be able to make one the next year. Mm. That's always my New Year's resolution. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Any early opinions on city limits? He's a nice kid, isn't he? Austin. Nice kid. Austin, nice. Great kid. You miss Folsey, though? I haven't even. I've I've heard him talk too much. He spoke a lot today. (laughs) Not yet. No, I haven't even got a chance to shake his hand and say hello. Do you miss Folsey? We miss Folsey. Yeah, we miss Folsey. Folsey's like flying jets. He went to go be a technical writer. That's no fun. Technical writer? I thought he was yeah. going to the Navy or something. Well, for the Navy, I think. Is that right, Ron? Yeah, Navy. Does he have to wear like a sailor's outfit when he goes to I write? Don't I, I don't know I what don't he's know. doing. I mean, you can only write when we work for the Navy in a sailor's outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you right. <laughs> Thank you, Hokey. See you, Chris. Have a good one, man. All right, Ron. Let's take a little trip around the NFL. Who needs Folsey for a wheel of ball? Who I've got one Folsey? for me and you, and we're going to do it next. Look fan. at your man McAfee up here. Fan, uh... With his Penguin jersey yeah, on tonight. Not quite sure I get that whole phenomenon. How about Kyler Murray going into Philly in a Sydney Crosby jersey, Hokey? Did, Did you, you see that? That, that is the great. ultimate troll job. The ultimate troll job. What time is it? Where was where? 12.03. Where are we? What am I supposed to do? Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee. Unless we get money for you. Vacations begin here at the Pittsburgh Travel Showcase. Presented by AAA Travel. January 19th through the 21st. At the David Lawrence Convention Center. There's exclusive discounts and convenient one-stop shopping. Tickets at PittsburghTravelShowcase.com. Where your adventure is waiting for you. 50-minute mark on the fan. Which has long since passed. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. And, of course, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com. How about J.P. Roofing and Siding? What a man Joe Potochnik is. He's in the Roofing and Siding Hall of Fame. Ron was his presenter. First ballot Hall of Famer. Made an amazing speech the entire nation was watching. Were you watching that night? City limits? I didn't know there was a ceremony. Oh, it was amazing. But in all seriousness, he is a nationally recognized uh, company right now, J.P. Roofing and Siding. He is a platinum preferred company. 
JP Roofing and Siding. All of that, plus I can vouch for them firsthand. They've been out to the house on two different occasions, identified the problem, fixed it, and I didn't worry about it anymore. That's a good recipe. $500 off any roofing or siding installation right now at JP Roofing and Siding as the weather turns right before my very eyes. Give them a call, 412-829-7711. That's 829-7711. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Pens are in Boston tonight at 7 o'clock. It'll be Alex Nedeljkovic in net for the Pens. Headlines are probably Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com.